0: Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. We are in the Scotland team hotel for this episode and we're delighted to be joined by Scotland's uh, national team head coach, Gregor Townsend. Thanks very much for your time, Gregor. Now, BT Murrayfield, it's been packed week in, week out for for the Autumn Nations series. The bit in between, that's the bit we don't see. So Mm. we're here now. Can you paint the picture for us a wee bit what life is like in, in the Scotland camp?
1: Yes, well, you've you've just caught me at the end of a very busy day of of coaching, so uh, uh, I'm just trying to get my my head back into trying to relax. Nice comfy chairs to well, relax a in. Peppermint so, uh, yes, well. so a tea, I see as well. was a green tea. Green tea. Sorry. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's full on um, for for the coaches, I would say, and the and the support staff for the players. It's it's full on when they're they're training, but they also have a huge chance to relax and spend time and with each other's company. Uh, we've put a lot of work into getting the recovery options for our players up to a world-class level. So we've got a sauna, a pool. Now we've got cryotherapy, so the players um, are into minus 120 degrees chambers after training. Uh, Is that
0: every day? Do, how do you feel? No, we in? pick
1: and choose the days. So when we have our physical day, so that's a day we have contact. Um, so uh, a Wednesday normally, but that's a Thursday for a, for a Sunday game. Uh, we think that's really important that they get the cryotherapy at the end so they can, any Noxitu can training that can help take it out. And even if it's just mentally, then that's a good thing. The placebo effect always works. <laughs>
0: it's tempting, surely, to use that as a, oh, you were five minutes late for training, in you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Players, it, it's weird because I, I hated ice bath. And
2: we did cryotherapy as well when we played, mm. but I, I just hated the idea. I'm always cold. But after a game, you actually couldn't wait to get in it because of the benefits you felt, whether it was yeah. placebo or whether, yeah, certainly for contacts and knocks of course it has an effect but you almost look forward to getting and doing something you hated because you knew it was going to make you better and it was going to help you improve but is there a lot of contact in your training or does it change Say what this is week four effectively isn't it for the third game but it was a it was right. training week before so is there more early on in the block or does it kind of react to what you see in the field?
1: It's. There'll be less in, a, in our final week. Uh, yeah. Now we, we've got an eight-day turnaround for Argentina, so yeah. the players are, are well recovered, and we made the decision not to um, come in a day earlier, uh, so we didn't start our week till Wednesday. We we train day one, the Monday. That's a recovery day for us, a learning day. So lots of meetings, um, chance for the players to recover, chance for them to connect with each other as well. Uh, and our main training days are the Tuesday, which is our, our big day, morning and afternoon, the Wednesday, which is an intense morning. They have Thursday off and then have Friday, which is a team run. So with the A day turnaround, we could have brought them in for next day's training, but we thought, no, let's let's make sure they're physically ready for AR sessions and also the massive game at the weekend. In terms of contact, we have a day that is more speed focused. So- mm-hmm um doing lots of high speed running kick chase um that's day one uh, and day two is the physical um, session and really there'll be maybe five minutes of full contact within that but there's an understanding that when you're running into someone that you'll get a little bit more of a a hold up or Mm. a bodies in front as we call it um and that has to prepare the players for the weekend Uh, but we we would not do any more than than five minutes of full mm. tackling in that in a week. It's a looking ahead. I don't know if you jump ahead, Carly, but this weekend there will
2: be a physical confrontation there always is. Were you surprised at how direct New Zealand mm. were against Wales last week? I, I was a little bit in terms of the balance of the game off nine being really direct, <clears throat> more so than yeah. You know, sometimes they would use the width a bit more. Were you surprised at that?
1: Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd gone out to watch New Zealand play Australia twice in mm-hmm. the summer and they, they certainly uh, moved the ball into the wide channels in those games much more against Japan. They did that too. Mm-hmm. But it did remind me of um, New Zealand teams that used to come over years ago and having chat to the, their coaches over the years, they said that the passion that the Northern Hemisphere mm-hmm. teams bring, mm-hmm. for example, Wales and uh, Cardiff, we've got to make sure we respect that and early on in the games we, we we don't go too wide, maybe kick a little bit more or take them up front and whether that was something that they, they did at the weekend or whether they felt no that's the way we're going to impose mm-hmm. our game on the opposition is, is go up front, um, we'll see if that's a trend for this week. It's uh, almost like
2: an attack of strength mentality isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, uh, look it get your you forwards into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll again we'll see see, we'll see this the weekend. We know they've got multiple threats they've they've shown a game at the weekend which was more direct, but they also scored some great tries mm. and moved the ball well.
0: How does that impact your preparations then for this week? I mean we talk about you can manage what your team can do, but h- how much focus as a head coach do you put on the opposition and in terms of shaping your plan for this week and prepara- preparing for that game on Sunday?
1: You, you like to think it was about 80-20, 80% on yourself, so we'll do a lot of um, our game reviews on what we can improve, we'll review training, and we'll talk about the way we want to play an attack and how we can get that out, and trusting our defence system, uh, no matter what the opposition bring, but you have to be aware and recognise and respect the, the opposition's strengths, um, and what they're vulnerable to. So. It's part of the, the process of going into a week. Um, getting your game in place, selling opportunities to the players on this is where we think New Zealand might be vulnerable or how we can play our game, uh, our base game, and being aware of what they might do when they have the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not always something you can predict because if you look at the last two or three games and say, oh, they they like this this certain play or this is they want, the thing they want to do after they get a uh, kick return, they might be planning something else. We 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 can't tell. So you have to trust your system. And throughout the week, you get you you get the players that are not in the, the starting 15 to throw different things um, to play what they see because that's ultimate the game. Um, the play the people we're going up against this weekend play what they see. If they see an opportunity, um, whether it's narrow or wide or through a kicking game, they have the skills to take it. So we've got we've got to be alert for everything this week. <laughs>
0: You've named your starting 15 then, so talk us through some of your decisions there, Gregor. What were your thoughts in, in terms of the choices you've made?
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's ended up being a very experienced team, and uh, pr- I imagine it's one of the most experienced um, groups we, we've ever selected. So, uh, when I think throughout the, the forwards with someone like Richie Duke came Richie Gray came back in last week as one of our most capped players. Fraser Brown now starting, uh, another player with over 50 caps. Finn Russell back, who's over 60 caps. Uh, in addition to the the number of players that we had, I've got more than 50 caps in the team. Um, Grant Gilchrist, Xander, Hamish, Hoggies uh, pushing 100 caps. Uh, so it's a very experienced team, and our team reflects the challenge this week um, that that we have. Um, but also, obviously, injuries. Um, Adam Hastings picking up an injury has given the opportunity to fin- to come back, and he's he's played really well the last two or three weeks, and we believe this is the right time for for him um to come straight back in he's you know he knows our game very well and uh, he's obviously been been playing playing a number of these big games before so his cohesion with with Ali inside him as well is another another positive
0: can you talk us how how that that evolved and how he's settling into the camp then now that he's back in the mix here
1: yeah well he played on Saturday night uh, when when we started to get news that Adams Two injuries because he had um, the head injury as well as um, a knee injury. When we knew that he was likely to be available for this week, uh, I think Finn was playing about the same time. I watched his game on Saturday night, came on at half time, did really well, and then we we just got in touch then to to see when he could could be back over. Um, his partner Emma is almost uh, <laughs> at the stage to be giving birth, so um, he had he had a few things to sort out uh, with. Emma and Emma's mum so uh, he joined us on Tuesday uh, and as I said before we didn't start our week till Wednesday so plenty of time to get into the game plan for the weekend and also get back in the squad and get to know his Reconnect with the, with his teammates.
0: You've talked a lot about the culture as well that you've had here, and it's been really good, particularly particularly in that Argentina tour. How how has that worked? Because obviously, if players haven't been involved uh, during that Argentina tour, how have you found those that have come in, including Finn, in adjusting to this current autumn nation series then and, and the, the culture, I guess, that you're trying to to produce here?
1: Yeah. Look, the culture is driven by the players. We, what what we can do is is management is prioritize certain things and emphasize certain things uh, and one thing we do want to prioritize is connections so the first thing we do uh, during the start of the week is get a cafe set up and it's going to be connection time for for a couple of hours there's not going to be any rugby meetings it's about us getting to to chat to each other whether it's players and players or staff and players and we have that same theme throughout the week um on a Tuesday, we, we do something where we come together, have a bit of fun. Um, Piers Schoeman was leading it this week, uh, which was a... What did of, that look like? <laughs> well, it looked quite funny because he decided to run a table tennis tournament, um, but then he, he chose people to, to go on this table tennis tournament. It was only first to three, uh, or first of, uh, best of three, sorry. But then they disappeared and they came back with um, no tops on, and all funny Halloween masks playing table tennis. <laughs> and there's a few other things that we do on that, that, a couple of sketches and there's awards for people that have um, uh, been really good ambassadors and role models and um, setting really high standards of behavior uh, and also some fines for those that maybe haven't done that. What and do your
0: fines it. look like? Are they?
1: <laughs> well, it's a dice roll. So there's, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. so the fines this week, um, some of them are to, to help be the kit man's I don't know what I term this but then helper let's say assistant yes shall we assistant say? for the day <laughs> one was to massage one of the um, the staff's calves uh, <laughs> you could buy out as well the money goes to um, to charity if you don't want to do any of these things <laughs> Grant Gilchrist had a fine and then he had to sit down opposite me and try and crack crack a joke and if i laughed and he was off the hook if i didn't <laughs> laugh he had to sing a song in front of the group so i kept a straight face it's quite and hard to nice. see
0: chris and i's face if you're if you are listening to this and not watching it now.
1: it's horrible
2: It's horrible <laughs> I hate, I, I, it's so important for a squad and like, it's one it's it's a, can you fingers in the blackboard squeaky thing when you're sitting you just don't know who's going to hit next you don't know if you're and, and quite often those who can instigate it are the judges as it used to be, or the the fines masters. They think they're in control, but it always backfires at some point on them. So you've got that kind of trepidation. But we just we new
1: judge this week as well. Oh, so <laughs> is it, is Dave it? Cherry's been judged, He was judge on tour, <laughs> and uh, Johnny Gray because um, Dave Cherry's now injured. Yeah. Dave Cherry, has, uh, he, he was on on <laughs> on email. Oh, sorry, on Zoom retiring and Johnny Gray's now stepped up as a judge. So so, uh, <laughs>
0: and Is he jo- enjoying the power? Uh, yes, you know he's a
1: very caring man, Johnny. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But he, he didn't mess with a couple of people to get up and oh. do their, their, their consequences, let's call it.
0: What was your own as players? What was your worst ever? Do, can you remember what your worst ever fine or your worst ever well, punishment? Find, Shall we say? I was
2: punishment? never fined.
0: You're never. I, I, I can imagine that being true actually, yeah, although we did hear from Mike that you were uh, dancing on an iron board last time. Yeah, Which, can I you remember I as remember. a player? I think
1: well, back in the day, well, see, I played a long time ago, I think it used to be involved alcohol, mm. so it was. they were kept to the end of the week rather than doing the middle of the week and uh, having a bit of fun with it. Mm.
0: One thing that we're getting a real feeling for, and we've been here for you know, half an hour, an hour, is there's a real community, as we're saying, there's a real spirit here, and, and a, a, I guess a, a brotherhood, you could say. Um, Stuart, earlier this week, he, he felt quite acutely the impact of, of social media, and, and just wondering, from your perspective as a head coach, how you, how you as a squad um, look after the, the guys when something like that happens, and, and one of your own is, is feeling negatively impacted in that way?
1: Yeah, well, I think um, they, they've got their, their teammates to, to help out for them. Um, we do have element of external care as well. We've got a well-being um, coach and also a mental skills coach that we've added to the group this this season. And I suppose it's it's letting the players know, first of all, they can be themselves here, and we want them to be themselves. Um, but also there's, there's support there for you, um, and the support could come with... I mean member of staff, someone that is an expert in and dealing with that sort of thing or or just a teammate. I think that reemphasizing that, that that sport and that culture is here and that's what we want. We want to to get our players in the best mindset going into games and that's where they're gonna deliver the best performances.
0: And this lot, weekend, isn't it?
1: Well yeah, I was gonna say like <coughs> a
2: lot of that I mean it's 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 imperative that supports there. But sometimes on the biggest occasions I found you needed less support if that makes sense, and like I, when you're playing against the All Blacks, there's an aura that comes with the All Blacks that we have to, yeah, everybody respect. But it actually inspires you more than ever to to raise raise a challenge. I, I remember, I think it was, I can't remember if it's you said this when we were playing together or when your assistant coach of the number of times we would played as Scotland against the All Blacks and never won the first half. So getting that preparation mm. right. Uh, and then it's almost like waiting to see what they're like and then you come roaring back and win the second half or far more competitive and so getting that preparation right psychologically is really important as it always is but for some reason there was a, there used to be a spark a real skip and a step playing the, the Kenny All Blacks is it still the same? Even although they, they, they've had their, their, their difficulties this season lost two or three games obviously more a couple at home as well but they did win the rugby championship they're back to you know, a physical best last weekend. Is there a, I suppose, we're saying is there a spark because it's the All Blacks, and is that a good thing or is that a bad thing?
1: Yeah, there's more than a spark.
2: Yeah.
1: I and mean, mainly because we have not played them for five yeah, years. Yeah, five, and going back uh, five years. So we we played them fairly regularly. Yeah. You'd either have a summer tour um, out there, uh, or a couple of years later you had a November test. Mm-hmm. So we. We've had the last two games now cancelled, um, mm-hmm. both during the pandemi- pandemic. Um, so this has been five years. Our players would have grown up, a lot of them, when they were supporters, supporting Scotland and looking out for a team like the All Blacks um, because of the aura around mm-hmm. them. Uh, and not, not that many players have in our group have played them. Uh, so right? the and some of the players, our older players will know this is the last, potentially the last opportunity they will get to play them. So, and underlying all that is last opportunity to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big opportunity for, for us, we know that. Um, every time we play the All Blacks, we know the history, this opportunity to change history.
0: The hacker as well, I mean, is that something you talk to the players about? Is it something that they talk to each other about? Do you prepare them in any way for it? Is there any conversation around around the haka? Because it's such a special part of the game.
1: Yeah, it is, and it obviously it happens in this one game that you, you've you got a minute um, before the game that they, they perform the haka. It's special, it's a unique part of our sport. We did uh, on Monday morning, we're chatting to the, our leaders as we looked ahead to the, the week and the, the key things we have to focus on. It was discussed. How would you guys like to to respond to it if you want to respond in a way or how are you going to just line up? Um, and they seem, seem relaxed. We're going to get feedback from the, their teammates and they'll drive something that says, okay, this is where we're going to be when it happens.
0: Well, one of the key markers on Sunday will be the return of Doddy Weir to the stadium. Um, we saw the impact that his presence had five years ago, that iconic moment of, of handing over the match ball to then-captain John Barkley. How, how important is this for you, uh, the fact that Doddy will be there on the day?
1: Oh, it's it's massive and it it goes beyond the game, it goes beyond Scottish rugby, Uh, that was one of the iconic moments in sport Um, when Doddy walked out there five years ago with with his three boys. It launched his foundation which has raised millions and millions, it's inspired people to to get up and do things, um, whether they're raising £100 or £100,000 and it's making a huge difference. And find a cure for MND. Like Doddy is is an inspirational figure, um, like a large and life figure. When we played with him um, post match, uh, was always um, the the centre of, of fun. Um, and to see how he's he's taken the battle to MND and inspiring so many other people, it's it's a will be it'll be a real reminder on how that started five mm-hmm. years ago. And also a massive opportunity for everyone in the stadium to, to show Doddy their love and their appreciation for what he's doing.
0: I'll be wearing my snood. Uh, have you have you seen the strips yet? Shall we let's have a wee look at the strips? Oh thanks. I've seen the strips, They're yeah. Cracking, aren't they?
1: What a, what a great touch, isn't it? So
0: if for the benefit of those listening who can't potentially see at the moment, uh the the Doddy Tartan is uh, the, the number of mm. the player is in the Doddy Tartan. It look, they look great. That's amazing. Um, and, and it's in the. We were. We decided it's the. It's the heather purple is the colour. The tone. The Pantone of the.
2: <laughs> it's. Fu- it's funny because it's. These wee touches make a massive difference. But, but I, and Gregor, I think you're absolutely right in terms of it went beyond rugby. It also went beyond Scotland that mm-hmm. moment when he came out. I feel that it probably inspired and touched, all black players and fans as, equally as it did the Scots. It is. It was just completely mind blowing. And you know to fast forward five. Years and having the ability to have him around, hopefully, as brilliant as his sons as well. But not to change the tack too severely, but it just relates back to fines. I was and about judge. to say, it, and I was when you said, <laughs> when you're talking about God, I mean, he, he was the one that few. put the fear of God up, yeah. And in that in back in those days, it really was when he was a judge, yeah. Well, he was everything, he ran the whole thing, didn't he? He was large in life, but he was, yeah, just uh, just flashback some of the, the involvement, the. Just the inspiration he is, but nothing compares to what he's done since his diagnosis. Like every, I just pinch myself every time I see him engaging in anything. How positive and how much he's caring about other people more than himself. So it's. Uh, special we have him around on sunday
0: a big day for, for Doddy and for Cathy, and we'll look forward to sharing that day with them and the family on sunday and and a big day for for jamie Ritchie too and i mean he's been wearing the Doddy snood longer than <laughs> longer than anyone else i think as well so how's he feeling about his captaincy and also about looking ahead to the all blacks
1: yeah i mean i'm sure he's excited about it he's he's fitted into the role um very seamlessly uh and He's been confident and calm when speaking to the, the players or speaking to, to the media uh, and speaking to referees, <laughs> the sort of three key stakeholders <laughs> that you, you, you speak to as a, as a captain. Uh, and like all the players, it, like he, he knows this is the, one of the ultimate tests you get in rugby. So we have to deliver close to our best performance as individuals um, and as a team. And I'm sure he'll be, he'll be leading that on Sunday of jump back to rugby a wee bit, but um, I was having
2: a look at the results from last weekend and it it probably is is an important part going ahead to this weekend, all five teams, well Ireland, the teams that won last weekend, Ireland were the lowest scoring team at 19 points, so everybody else scored over 20 points, and the 30 point mark, you know 28 for us, Argentina with 30, France with 30, is the way the game's going, you're going to have to be 20 plus to win games, so does that drive attack? more so or does it change how you prepare for a game it just seems there's, there's very few international rugby the games are close one point wins and you go back to our game against Australia our game against Argentina the last test like the, the single point margins but although their single point margins are very close there's very few eight sevens 7s or 12-10s now does mm-hmm. that mean there's a, a greater emphasis on attack or does it just mean that you're going to have to sc- score more to, to win regardless of the quality of defence
1: well, if you speak to our defence coach, he'll say, obviously, we keep the opposition down to a certain level. But it's level. hard, though, isn't it, at top level? Also, it's very difficult, yeah. but we, we believe in our defence. We mm-hmm. believe in um, not just our defensive system, but what the players do in that defence mm-hmm. uh, system. And well, sometimes um, it's, it's about styles of rugby, and the low-scoring games tend to be... Um, maybe a team that doesn't play as a, as expansive um, a game style so you don't get that much ball off them um, but they might not score as many points but you don't see as many of those games no though, no it? well, well um, uh, most of the teams now are um, are looking to, to move the ball yeah. uh, so that's that's been a, a big evolution and you look if you're accurate and you move the ball you get more chances of scoring mm-hmm. points But also within that, the more you move the ball, the more times opposition are going to get the ball Mm -hmm. off you. It's just Mm -hmm. a a normal evolution, which means the opposition might score points against Mm -hmm. you. Like New Zealand score a lot of their points off opposition ball, whether it's kicks. last Mm -hmm. year as well, didn't it? Yeah, kicks or or, or errors, but they also concede their their points when Mm -hmm. when they make errors. So it's probably better for the supporters Mm -hmm. um, to see open rugby and tries being scored by both teams. But... (laughs) As coaches, you focus on what you can do, which is score points and not concede points. <laughs> that's that's what you work during the week to do. It, to do. Um, but we know this will be a big challenge to mm-hmm. to do both this weekend. So there's not a magic number statistically that if
2: you get above 25 points, you've got an 80% chance of winning. Or
1: I don't think so. Now no, I no. think you you said at the weekend like what well, England must have scored um, close to 30. It was 23. Twenty nine thirty, mm-hmm. twenty nine. And uh, in game in Australia, Australia must have been about the same. Yeah. So um, if you if you score more than twenty points, you, you you've got a very good chance mm-hmm. of winning, but it's not not mm-hmm. guaranteed you'll win. Mm-hmm.
0: if we can leapfrog uh, New Zealand very briefly just to look ahead. And now before this tournament started, we were both excited about two games in particular. Mm. You were excited about Australia, I was excited about Argentina. We were both excited about all four. Uh, it's, been, it's been quite a long journey in the podcast to get to this point. Looking to Argentina and we've seen what they've been doing recently. What are your thoughts on that side and and how exciting would it be to, to do that in front of a packed BT Murrayfield Stadium?
1: Yeah, they're, they're a very good team. Um, we... We were very frustrated that we we played our best game of the season in the, in the third test, and we got to I think I think it was 15 points up at one stage, and and they came back, which showed um, what a great side they are. Um, we uh, we still believe we 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 could have done better and kept that that game um, as ours and put it to bed with with five ten minutes to go. But they've they've continued to improve since then. they've beaten New Zealand, they have beaten England, both of them away from home, um, they beat Australia too. So they're they're one of the top teams in the world. They they've always had not always, but they've tended to have some very, very good individuals and throughout their I suppose, recent history they've got the individuals back to play in super rugby. Now their super rugby team doesn't exist, so a lot of them play throughout Europe, um a few a few of them in Scotland. Uh and They've managed to bring them into a team like they've they've got a generation of players who are are playing very good rugby and they've showed the resilience at the weekend to come back to win that game. They showed the resilience against us um, when they were trailing to beat us, uh, and it'll be a real tough challenge. But we we know them well. We played them three times in the summer, and uh, uh, we we learned a lot in those those games. Um, I'm sure they learned about us, so it'll be, a, it'll be a cracking contest.
0: How how did you word it?
1: Argentina it's funny
2: you could sum them up almost by saying they make tackles that they look as if they're not going to make and it sounds really strange but you can see an attacking team against them who look like they're going to make a line break there will be a, an arm tackle that'll be ruled back in and the strength of them the physical strength of them and their their kind of competitive strength means that what looks like it's going to be a line break or a, a break for you ends up being them dominating a contact even even from a a loose arm tackle rather than a dominant tackle. They just make everything so competitive, and they're so can kind of, physically strong that I think you've got to keep the ball moving. You've got, to, I think, you've got to take risks against Argentina. The biggest, kind of, no, not of many regrets in my career, but it probably was a game against Argentina, the quarter final of the World Cup in two thousand seven. I thought we played too conservatively um, against Argentina, and, and I mean, Argentina are a far better team now than they were then, but I still think we didn't quite give ourselves the chance to to win because we were too conservative and that's just what they like you have to be good you have to be accurate but i think you have to keep the ball moving against them and the win it's no surprise to win these games they're, they're really good they're quality side beating the best teams in the world and it will be a big challenge next week
0: that king buff Buff, eh? that King Buff. Uh, before we <laughs> let you go, because you're very conscious, we've taken, we, we, we promised him, didn't we? We said would be 15, 20 minutes. It's only been 10 minutes, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, we're on nine. Uh, before we let you let you go back to your very important juices, um Holly Davidson. I mean, what mm. a great a great outcome for for her individually, for Scottish rugby as well. Uh, that Holly Davidson, of course, taking charge. She's been appointed referee for the Women's Rugby World Cup final against uh, between New Zealand and England uh, at this weekend. On a slight sidestep, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but as part of this question, from your perspective as a as a head coach, do you think about the name of the referee once you know who it is? Does that impact your planning, your preparation? What does that process look like for you
1: it's It's an influence um you you obviously have some referees that will referee a certain way. there's not as big differences as it used to be, but maybe one that would favor the attack more than defence. Um and it's it's good for our, our players, our captain particularly to know who the referee is and so it can help when he when he talks to him during the game. But it's not it's not a a major Influence, nothing like it used to be when um, people used to put stat sheets around and say this is what the referee does in certain situations. I think the refereeing standard throughout the game has gone up a huge amount over the last few years. Um, and there, there's much more empathy now with the game. Um, not always, but um, compared to what it was five, ten years ago, it's it's so much better now. And I, I want to congratulate Holly on, on her appointment for the the final we're disappointed that she's not been here refereeing us because she's <laughs> been in the last couple of campaigns and she's she'd be excellent, really helps our, our sessions. Um, so while we're disappointed uh, that she's not been helping us this week, we wish her all the best at the weekend. It's it's an incredible year for Holly. It's incredible. It's World Cup Sevens final, uh, Commonwealth Games women.
2: final mm-hmm. and Rugby World Cup final and in the, the fir- same year. She's the
0: first women to, to referee tier one.
2: Men's International. At men's International. Um, it's an incredible. I don't think that'll ever been done before. Uh, but the thing about Holly is, there's been more to come. I've no doubt that, you know, she'll continue to kind of break barriers because she's uh, she's pretty good. At it. She's quite funny. She was the uh, Super Six game I was commentating on earlier in the season. She uh, she texts me afterwards. She just to apologise because she said what she said over the rest mic that came out on the, on the TV was just what she was thinking in her head I think it was Wattorians versus you and Rory Brand the nine was trying to buy a penalty a milk a penalty and only <laughs> well, just came over the rest Mike, with this kind of disdain said what are you doing? <laughs> and it was just she says I'll need to, my biggest work on the, in the game is just trying to keep my thoughts to myself and not saying them out loud as he was trying to buy a penalty so she's got a, she's got a, a, a kind of empathy for the game a, a, a good kind of feeling for it as well she, she doesn't take herself too seriously
0: well we do indeed echo your sentiments and wish her all the very best for that Gregor thank you so much for your time uh, we will let you go you've got a busy afternoon ahead or are you going to get a chance to do some I mean do you have any downtime I've asked Chris this before he doesn't do downtime either, but the coaches have downtime
1: uh, last week is a downtime because <laughs> you've not got an opposition to look at the the following week uh, so once Train's oh, sorry, finished sorry I thought you meant last week no it? no, no. the last <laughs> week <laughs> the last <laughs> week of our campaign um, as soon as Train's finished you yeah, obviously there's always meetings going on um, you review training with the coaches and then you've got the opposition on your day off the following week to to prepare for and, and look at their their recent games um, but we love it like, uh, we'll never be complaining about having too much to do we love Being involved with this team, but also being involved in rugby and uh, the the challenges and the problems you have to solve is a big adrenaline rush.
0: Well, go well this weekend. Thank you so, so much, Gregor Townsend, Scotland Head Coach. You can watch Holly in action at the Women's Rugby World Cup final between England and New Zealand at Eden Park at 6.30 on Saturday morning. As always, highlights from the Tenants Premiership can be found on Scottish Rugby's YouTube channel and the latest news and content on the social media channels. That's it from Chris and I for this week. Thank you to our special guest, Gregor Townsend, and we'll be back next week with more on the official Scottish Rugby podcast.